Welcome to Above the Mess, the podcast where we bounce between our interests, dive down rabbit holes, navigate our brains, and come up in Wonderland. I'm Izzy Miller, and with me is Maddie Van Houten. How are you today, Maddie? I'm doing well, Izzy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Excessive heat warnings on my phone are less helpful when they come up every morning. But other than that, it's pretty good here in Austin. I think I need to raise the UV warning limit on my phone because I get one every single day too. It's like, it's going to be a really high UV rating afternoon. And it's like, uh, yeah, it is every single day. Yeah. Literally every day. <laughs> I set my phone up to do that too and be like, you need sunscreen today. I was just like, yeah, I guess I just need sunscreen every day, which mm-hmm. I guess some dermatologists would probably agree with that. They definitely would. They definitely would. Um, I forget to listen to them sometimes. But listening, who has time for that? No what have you been up to, Maddie? <laughs> Other than melting, um, just like wanted to put it out there. A feels like a 126. Don't want it. Just like Whoa, take that back. No, uh-uh. Uh-huh. So I've been spending a lot of time inside. That's coming for me this week, but I'm going to continue to keep spending a lot of time inside. Like I only go out of doors between the hours of six and 8 a.m. now, and I refuse to do anything else because <laughs> it's just too much summer. But since I'm inside a lot more, that means I've been writing a lot more. And I've been writing a lot of flex potential posts, actually, instead of like novels or short stories or whatever. And it's been fun. Um, I'm back to blogging more regularly, which I was doing, what, like a year ago? And then slowly trailed off to silence. And then we started the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. So it's been nice um, to get back to blogging and to sharing thoughts and stuff, especially because I really, I really, really try to keep blog posts short because I don't actually have that much to say too often. And I always hate reading blog posts that like go on and on and on. Right. Absolutely. How how do you feel about how the difference between writing a blog post and writing fiction? Why do you think you're writing more blog posts right now than fiction? Well, so one part is that I am still editing um, my book, my Secret Seer project, and it's, it is hard to edit, no, it's hard to write fiction while you're editing other fiction. So I have had no inspiration lately for fiction, even like Dungeons and Dragons, it's hard to like, wrap my mind around the characters when I'm so immersed in my characters, you know? Um, so that's one aspect, but also the blog posts, it's kind of like, I think I've mentioned it before, but like when we talk back and forth on podcasts, it's kind of like test talking. Like, I don't really know how I feel until I say it out loud Absolutely. about, about a topic. And blogging is kind of like that for me too. Sometimes I will just sit down and I'll be like, I want to write something about, I don't know, panda bears. Um, I haven't, but I could. Um, and I, I don't have any set like points I want to make in mind. I'm literally just sitting down and saying, I want to, I want to write up my thoughts on pandas. And that exploration of how I feel about a topic is actually kind of intriguing because like I said, I don't always know what I am going to say until I've already said it. And it gives me um, a doorway into researching stuff that like, I think I know, but I don't really know, you know? I just Absolutely. Know like, <laughs> I forget who said it, but like writing is thinking. And like you can turn over ideas in your head a lot, but until you actually go and try to make them concrete and make them 
static in a way. Like it's really hard to not have contradictions in your thought. It's really hard to not have spots where you disagree with yourself. And it's not until necessarily you write them out that you find those spots and you have to actually look at it and be like, okay, if these disagree, like which part of me is right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's been been really interesting. I haven't been writing like, you know, deep philosophical texts on anything. I've mostly been writing about like the hobbies that I'm working on right now. And that's fine because it kind of shows me like I have been creative in the past couple of months, you know, Um, sometimes I get into that phase where I'm like, I don't think I've really done anything lately. And then I look back and I'm like, wait a minute. No, I did a lot. I did. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so the blogging, I, I'm getting back to blogging regularly, but I'm also doing something new, Izzy, and I am trying my level best to get ahead of schedule. I don't know if this is like something that you also struggle with, but I have never in my life been ahead of schedule on anything. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I don't have that many things that I can get ahead of schedule on. Like, so many of my things are like a once and done thing. that don't have the same sort of having a bunch of blog posts ready to go that a blog does. Yeah, that's true. I used to design my interests around that kind of schedule as well. Like, try not to need a schedule. Because I don't really like deadlines. Um, They make me get stuff done because it needs to be done. But also, like, when I'm doing it for myself, I know they're fake. You know? Who was it said that they love deadlines? They love the whooshing sound they make as they blow by? Was that Douglas Adams? I think that might have been Douglas Adams. But, like, uh, we both listened to CGP Grey, right, on Cortex. Mm -hmm. And he actually loves deadlines. I well, no, that's that's can wrong. confirm that it was Douglas Adams who says that he loves the, the whooshing sound deadlines make as they go by. That's I, too, love the sound they make as they go by. Yeah. And now I'm doubting myself. I don't think CGP Grey ever said he loves deadlines. I think he said he hates deadlines. Who loves deadlines? Ugh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, people love deadlines because it makes them get stuff done. But I hate them because I always feel like I'm failing. <laughs> I don't mind a real deadline. Like, I have a deadline for the move. The lease runs up. Mm -hmm. The lease ends. Um, But artificial deadlines are the absolute worst. Yeah. Yeah. They are. On the other hand, I also know myself and I need to have not a schedule, but like kind of habits, you know, or things won't get done. Right? Like every morning I wake up and I go for a walk because that is like, checking off, I got a little bit of exercise today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had to make it a habit. Um, If I don't make it a habit, it doesn't happen. So one thing I've been doing with my blog is I was realizing, like, I want to share thoughts out in the world, right? And I want to do so in a way that feels authentic to myself. But I also want to be able to take a break every once in a while. And if I'm not ahead of my posting schedule, which I decided on a whim. So, you know, did that to myself. Um, If I'm not ahead of my posting schedule and I suddenly like have a day where, like on our usual recording day, I had a migraine hit me out of nowhere and I hadn't done anything there or anything for the podcast or I hadn't written a blog post or anything like that. If, If I don't have like a buffer and that happens, like then I'm scrambling and I hate scrambling. I hate it. Absolutely. 
So I'm getting ahead of schedule. I'm, I'm writing extra right now because I've got the energy. And I'm hoping that getting, you know, ahead, and I'm aiming for a month ahead. I'm aiming to have a, a like a month's worth of buffer. Not because I think I'll ever need a whole month, but because then there's no panic if I miss one post. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think this will help because otherwise I might have feast and famine periods in, in any of my work. So like I'll be sewing a lot for like three months and then I won't sew for six months or I'll write every day and then not. Oh, sure. I'm absolutely the same way. Yeah. So I'm hoping this will help. And it's really like a long-term strategy because you've probably heard this or at least something like it. Uh, People are like, I wanted to start a small business so I could quit the nine to five and instead join the 24 seven, 365. And I don't think that's actually accurate. Like (laughs) I know that people are like, yeah, when you run a small business, you're always on, but it's like, are you though? Like, yeah, you have to deal with emergencies, but I also have to deal with emergencies at my day job, right? I don't want to be working, working. I don't want to be writing 24 seven. So why would I ever make that a habit? Why would I ever make myself scramble for something I'm doing for myself? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so something I'm curious about Go for when you're building a buffer, Mm -hmm. there's sort of two ways to build a buffer, right? Like you can build a buffer, you can keep adding to the end of it. So the thing you've then written now for a month out ends up coming out like in a month. And the next thing you're writing now comes out in two months. Yes. Or you can write timeless pieces that are kind of ready to go when you need them. And then you're still writing like the piece on demand. But if you don't have a piece for that week, you can go into your folder of timeless ones. And which way do you find yourself going? Right now, I am going with the adding to the end of the buffer. There are some posts, so like every time we post an episode, my goal is to post on Flex Potential sharing it because maybe some people will find us that way. You know, maybe someone finds Flex Potential before they find Above the Mess. So that I have to do the day that we post the episode. And I will always have to do that. So it's it's going to, there's going to be days, there's going to be Wednesdays when we release episodes where I am writing a blog post that says something about what we talked about. And right now they're really small and I'm doing that on purpose because I'm also writing a backlog, (laughs) you know, like I'm giving myself a break right now, but you know, six weeks from now when I'm caught up on my back or when I have my buffer in place, maybe I take that Wednesday and I'm like, all right, let's think about some things that I can comment on that we talked about during our episode, you know? So there's, there's those, there's like things like, um, one of the ones that I need to write soon is going to be about that a book that we talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast, Bringing Nature Home. And that one's timeless. It doesn't need to come out whenever I have it scheduled. I don't even know. It's on my calendar somewhere. And then when I go to post it, I will just schedule it and forget about it. Yep. There the are book won't others. be different. Book won't be different. Like, unless he releases a new edition in the next, I don't know, two weeks. I don't, you know, I don't think that's happening. Um, there are others. Like, if current events come up, you know? And God knows current events keep coming up. They keep coming up, and it's like, those will need to be posted as soon as possible. And so what I'm going to do for those is I'm going to just bump my buffer out. You know what I mean? I will go into my backlog, and I will say, okay, this one was supposed to come out today, or to... This one was supposed to come out tomorrow, but now this current event thing is more important, so I'm just going to bump it out. 
That makes and so much sense. Yeah, I just feel like I can add to both sides of the buffer. It does not matter. Especially because most of my posts are, like I said right now, about like hobbies or books or um, in the future, I'm thinking about posting some fiction. Like none of that is, none of that is like time sensitive. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my strategy. And I think it's a, I think it's a decent one. Right now it has me writing every single day for the blog, but I was already doing that. So in the future, and I think I planned it out so that by about August I'll be, I'll have my buffer done or I'll have my buffer in place. I can go back down to writing only two to three times a week and I'll be good. Yeah. Because once you have the buffer, the buffer stays the same as long as you're producing at the same speed that you're using it. Exactly. And, um, I think that'll be good, especially because like, well, it's getting to summer. We might go on vacation in August or September, right? Like we're still thinking about it. We we might go to a lake house and I don't want to have to bring my laptop to the lake house. You know what I mean? No, lake houses are for typewriters, not laptops. Yes, exactly. I need to be sitting on a dock and then um, Colin Firth needs to jump into the water to save my manuscript or something. (laughs) You know, reverse the roles from Love Actually. (laughs) So yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been working on lately. Um, It's been good to get words on the page while I'm ruthlessly editing other words, you know, tearing them out and saying, these Mm -hmm. are stupid, go away. (laughs) So it's been good. And yeah, I'm hopeful that once I get this in place, like I can start to do the same for my other business ventures that I'm working on. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Some of them are more reactive, so we'll have to see. But it's, it's looking good. I wish you best of luck on all of it. Thank you. Maddie, I wanted to ask you about something. Mm-hmm. The other day, I was holding a very happy cat who was very comfortable on my shoulder right up until she saw an insect flying in the room and launched herself at full speed off of me. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And for those of you who might not be aware, cats have claws. And unfortunately, (laughs) one of those claws put a hole in my T-shirt. Now, Maddie, I know you've done a lot of mending over the last few months. And I've done some myself. But this is kind of a case where I don't want a super visible mend. So, like... I was just wondering what advice you might have. Like, how should I fix my knit t-shirt? So here's the thing. What you're talking about, like wanting an invisible mend, that is, that's not in style right now. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but everybody wants to do visible mending. And I just want to talk to those people for a second. What am I supposed to do when I get a hole in the crotch of my jeans? I don't want people looking at that. Or like Thank you. Yes. over top of my chest or something. Exactly. I don't want to look at And that. that's exactly where this is. Yeah, like, it's in an awkward place that you don't want people to draw their eye to. So there are ways to do invisible mends. And especially for knits. So people may not know this because they're not sewists. But there are two main types of fabric. There's woven, which is where the, you know, the strands of fiber that make up the fabric are in a cross pattern, you know, and they're pretty stiff. They have very little stretch except in one direction. And usually your shirt or whatever is not made in that stretchy direction. So it doesn't stretch. And then you've got knits, which are exactly what they sound like. They have knit the fiber, like you would knit a sweater, but the fibers are really, really small and they stretch. And mending stretchy fabric without some kind of backing or like stiffener 
is the worst. <laughs> sometimes like I will mend stretchy fabric. Even when mending jeans, I will sometimes put my thumb or another finger underneath the fabric to like, um, to stabilize it while I'm doing stitches. And then I will remove my, you know, stabilizing finger and I'll look down and I have stretched the fabric and the mend so that it's all wrinkly when it's mm-hmm. held back into place. So I learned this from actually from embroidery. There is a type of, um, it, I don't want to call it fabric, but there's like a type of iron-on material that will stiffen your knit for you in its original configuration, and it'll hold it in place. It's it's usually iron-on. You can sometimes there's some that you can sew into spot into place. You know what I mean? But um, so, and then it, you soak it in water, and it dissolves. It's really cool. Oh my goodness! I need to get some of this. That yes, sounds you do. Absolutely perfect. It's perfect, and I've I've used it before to mend a cardigan, which same deal, stretchy fabric. Um, so that's step one, and I suggest ironing it on. I want to say the front side because you want to see your stitches as they will look on the front. And then my advice is to take the shirt. <laughs> when you're not wearing it or when you're wearing it to the store and try to find not, um, not like thread, but not like yarn, something in the middle. Um, like maybe an embroidery thread that matches as close as possible, the color of your shirt. And then I would suggest doing just like a simple weave over top of the hole and trying to pick up and create fabric back in a spot where the hole has been made. Um, I can post pictures in the show notes and I can send you some obviously easy of what I mean by this because when a knit is, is like a t-shirt knit, you can't follow the knit line. You know what I mean? You can't recreate the loops. That's not happening. it, It won't be perfect, but it will be wearable. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it'll be wearable. And most people will not notice, especially if you get, a close match of thread, like thread. Like how often do you walk up to someone and you are actually looking at someone in such depth that you notice there's a hole in their shirt? No one no, does. No, absolutely. And it's an, it's an athletic shirt to boot. So it already has a bit of margin of error in looking perfectly pristine. Yes. This is like the ideal type of garment for me to mend because I get so frustrated trying to get a perfect mend on something. Like, if I need a perfect mend on something that's, like, fancy, I'm going to bring it to a seamstress because I have no patience. But this is a perfect, like, way to try some of these new techniques, like the iron-on stabilizing fabric. I'll send you a link for the stuff I have. It's pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, I think if you, I think if you do the weave diagonal to the, to the knit fabric, it might allow it to stretch if it's needed. I don't know if it's a loose shirt or what, but I'm just trying to think. Like, I'm gesturing with my hands. Because, Izzy, you know this, like, uh, woven fabrics, they stretch on the bias, so when they're diagonal. So I'm wondering if, like, doing the mend on the bias might help it stretch and not, like, puff up. That's an interesting thought. I haven't tried this before. I should try it. We should see if I can get that to work. I've got a bunch of t-shirts that need this, too. They're, like, PJ t-shirts, so I, you know, have not been rushing to fix them, but <laughs> I could try it. Let's see if it works. Absolutely. Hmm. How have your other mending projects been going? 
pretty good. I just actually today just finished the. Sh- um, I'm gonna pronounce it wrong, and I'm really sorry. Shasiko, just uh, I don't know. I'll post a link to this. It's a it's a method where you mend your jeans with a patch and then you sew over it. It's a Japanese tradition. You sew over it with like bigger thread to hold it in place and give it a pattern. And it it was like it was like an art form a couple hundred years ago, and now it's coming back. So I have a pair of jeans that were absolutely destroyed, like two holes in the knee and like the waistband of the pants was coming apart. They're getting so close. I'm so excited. I did a bunch of really fun visible men's and I'm going to use them for like work pants, not, not day job work pants, but like out in the garden and doing stuff, work pants (laughs) so that I can, you know, destroy them more and mend them more. And let's see, I finished mending a couple of blankets again they're not like blankets on our bed so I did visible mends I'm having so much fun learning techniques doing visible mending because I don't have to like squint to see where the thread has gone if it matches the fabric it's great Mm -hmm. yeah um let's see oh I (laughs) Belle has a duck toy it didn't have an it didn't have a name until recently but it was like one of those little like nylon toys and it was funny because it was supposed to be like um kind of like a oh goodness like a sling like you pulled back on the body and like let it go and it's supposed to like fly oh yeah it did not fly well because it was not at all aerodynamic but Belle loves this duck and she loves it so much that she has torn multiple holes in it (laughs) because and I cannot express this enough she is a vicious player (laughs) She will just, like, grab it and, like, shake it. But um, her teeth get stuck in the nylon because it's, like, a very open fabric. So what I've been doing is I've got a bunch of, like, scrap fabric from, like, outdoor pillow fabric. And that's a tighter weave. So I've been patching him over. So now her duck toy is named Patches. Oh, that's super (laughs) cute. And every time she makes a new hole in him, I just patch him up because I'm like, it's a dog toy. Who cares? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I didn't want to throw it out. Why would, like... I don't want to throw out things. It's still her favorite, even though I've slowly replaced all of its fabric. Um, the dog of like, toy of Theseus. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of like the ship of Theseus. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, my partner had me mend one of his work shirts. It was like tearing at the wrist. And then I haven't started this one yet, but it's my next project. I have a kitchen apron that my friends got me like as a wedding present. And it's one of those ones that goes over your head and then ties at the waist. Mm-hmm. Right. I never wear the part that goes over my head. I always just tie it at my waist and, like, tuck the bib oh, part sure. under. Yeah. Not because I, like, don't like over-the-head aprons, but because, like, it feels too constricting sometimes. So what I'm going to do, and this isn't really a mend, it's more of a refashion, which is also cool. Like, if you have clothes that you don't like, you can remake them into something else. I'm just going to take off the bib part and use that on something else. It's a denim fabric. I can probably patch a jean with it or something. And create an apron that just has two pockets and just goes around my waist. And it's going to be great. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how it's been going. I like I haven't lost interest yet, so I'm just going to keep going. That's super awesome. Yeah. And how about you, Izzy? What have you been thinking about? Oh, goodness. Right now, I have moving on the mind. Ooh. My lease is up at the end of July, and I'm moving back to New York from Texas. 
And I was going to be moving into a house that was being renovated, but the renovations won't be done quite in time. And so we are figuring out the interim steps. Um, so what happened to the renovations? Was it the supply chain issues or the price of lumber or any oh, at all? So many things. Um, yeah. My dad was doing a lot of the work himself, but he's had some health issues, unfortunately. And so that slowed him down. And then there's been real challenges getting um, qualified labor to do things like the plumbing and the electricity. Um, So getting it to a point where it can be inspected so that the power can be turned back on um, has taken longer than expected or getting all the plumbing done has taken longer than expected. Um, And it's not that far behind, but it will not be ready to be moved into quite right. when we need to move into somewhere. So the plan right now is to find somewhere that's furnished for a month or two while the place is finished and put most of our stuff in storage until then, which will be fine other than getting it all to New York, which we're working on. Um, right. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be driving as much as, it, as I can across the country. Um, oh, that'll be fun. Isn't that like a 24 hour journey, though? Yeah, pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, a few eight-hour days, hoping to stop and see some friends across the country on the way, which oh, I'm fun. actually looking really forward to. Like, these big, long drives, like, they're fine as long as you're not trying to rush them. If you're trying to push, like, as many hours into a day, they get old real fast. But mm-hmm. if you have a limit on how much you're driving each day and you're able to take your time to do it, which it looks like I'm going to be able to do, which I'm really looking forward to, they're not too bad. That does sound nice. Um I, so my family lives about an eight hour drive away. And yeah, that's about my limit. Like, even if I don't rush, even if I go slow and take back roads that are nice and, you know, stop and have lunch and stuff, they're miserable. If mm-hmm. I, if, if I get stuck in traffic and it takes 10 hours, I'm like, oh God, I wish I could have stopped. You know, <laughs> like, so that will be fun. Um, and when you say as much as you can carry, you're basically stuffing your car to the roof, right? That's the plan. Yeah. Um, this might be when I take the sunfish up to New York. This probably won't be when I get a big trailer and try to load it, but I've got a week to figure that out. So we'll figure that out. Oh, um, God. That's so soon. <laughs> yep. But like, if I'm just packing the car, then it's plenty of time. Yeah. All right. You get to play uh, car Tetris. It'll be fun. Will not be fun, but it will get done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we have different interests. I have a lot of fun trying to fit as much as possible into space. <laughs> okay, so what about the rest? Are you guys go- or are you all gonna like pack the car again and drive again, or what are you doing? I've budgeted for movers. Now okay. I've never actually hired movers before, and this will be the first time. So that will be an adventure in and of itself. Yes. If that doesn't happen, it'll be the big U-Haul trailer which we pack up ourselves. Either will work. I've done the crazed sessions of packing everything last minute before. This time, hopefully a little less last minute. But we'll make it happen. We'll make it work. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you have time, maybe make an inventory of what you're handing over to the movers. Because I haven't moved much as an adult. And by much, I mean I moved once as an adult. (laughs) But every time my family moved as we were kids, like, we would lose something. It would be, like, a sofa. Like, how do you lose a sofa? Or, like, just a random box of kitchen stuff. And my mom would be like, where is the measuring cup? And it's like, uh, we lost that in the move, like, six weeks ago. You haven't needed it since then? So. <laughs> I 
I have no illusions about my ability to lose stuff, movers or not. I have mm-hmm. never made that's a move true. without losing something. Yeah, that's true. I can barely make it through a vacation without losing something. So <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> and y'all, moving with cats is hard. Like when I moved to Austin in the first place, it was just me and the one cat. And he came on the airplane with me and was very upset about it. But it was a long day and he was fine. Mm-hmm. Now there's two of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I think we're planning to do the same cross-country thing and just try to keep the days reasonable and stop at pet-friendly hotels on the way and disposable litter boxes and the whole bit. One of them is harness-trained, which makes that a lot easier, but the other one... The other one is not <laughs> harness-trained. The other one shuts off when a harness is applied. Just, like, collapses, like, fainting goat style? Yeah, just motor control disabled. Cat.exe has stopped working. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I have never tried to move with a cat, but my partner has. And he said that they moved with two, and neither one of them liked cars. So both of them were throwing up the entire time. Oh, no. Those poor babies. don't get car sick. That's good. One of them likes to pee in the carrier. Oh, that's... Not good. That's not good. One thing with the longer drives. Uh I know a lot of cats do better when they're not stuck in the carrier. Mm -hmm. And as long as I'm not alone in the car, we can let the cat out of the carrier and have somebody just keep the cat away from the driver. And then that's supposed to be a lot more comfortable for them. That's a good plan. I feel like, I feel like the carrier makes sense when you're a single driver because cats will do anything they want at any time. They really will. So if you have someone to corral the cats. <laughs> it's a very important part of this plan. Yeah, that's going to be fun. So one question I have is like, how did you get one of the cats harness trained? Like, did you have to do it when they were a kitten? Yeah, oh, that was exactly it. That. It was Okay, so the, the we, other one. We got one... her as a kitten during the pandemic, and we've just been putting her on the harness with relative frequency since she's been very little, and she's just fine with it now. And the other one is just like, no, just no. You're too old for this. There is... This is the most food-motivated cat I have ever known. And he won't even put up with it for treats. What? I want to I wanna ask him all kinds of questions. I wish I could speak cat. Like, what is it about the harness that bugs him? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, I wondered... I wondered... Have you ever seen these things for dogs where you can um, belt them in with a seatbelt? With the special harness? No. I wonder if they make these for cats. Because I have considered this for Jinx and Belle because, um, well, first of all, Belle is, like, wild in the car. She will just, like, deck Jinx to get to the window. <laughs> like, absolutely flatten her. So we've thought about it, but we're also, like, she might strangle herself. And I was wondering if they made them for cats, too. Like... You will have to put a, a link in the show notes because I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. But I'm kind of fascinated by this idea. And if we could buckle Cherry in and have her, like, in the back seat and not able to get, like, you know, under the brake pedal, that would be pretty great. Okay, dog car harness. Um, okay, these all show, like, the, the harness they're wearing. They don't show how they attach to the seatbelt. But it it's basically like a normal harness. It just has a big loop at the back, and you just buckle the seatbelt through the loop. So I'm going to send you this link. Perfect. Um, I see another one that is holding uh. a dog like it's in a baby carrier. And I feel like if if Marcus doesn't put up with a harness, he probably won't put up with that. 
Marcus won't put up with much. We'll figure something out for the poor boy. Oh my goodness. I just can't imagine carrying these dogs in like a dog carrier. This can't be comfortable for them. It's holding them by the like legs. That can't be comfortable. Okay. Anyway, most of them, as I've seen it, are basically just their normal harness buckled into a seatbelt. And I'm really interested in it. I think they should make some for cats. I wonder if they do. I'm going to look. Cat harness. Cat harness for car. Let's see. No, they're all crates. <laughs> they're all crates. They're like buckled in with crates. It's like people know that cats don't put up with much. <laughs> they are very particular and picky animals. Yes, they are. Yes, they I are. love my particular picky cats. <laughs> As you should. They're your, like, they're like family. You just got to cuddle them. And, Even if know, it means they put a hole in your shirt. Yes. Yes. This has been Above the Mess. You can find us at AboveTheMess.com on Instagram and Twitter with the username AboveTheMessPod. Send us follow-up questions or advice via our email or DMs. And you can find Izzy at Stardust.fm, myself at FlexPotential.com. And we have an announcement. We're going to be back in six weeks. Not two, six. Um, we're taking a summer break because, honestly, why wouldn't we? Izzy's dealing with a move. It's summer. I just want some time off. I'm just going to be honest. How about you, Izzy? The moon's going to take up all of my time. Enjoy the sun, y'all. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.